As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Bishop Gilbert Coleman, and you're listening to Straight from the Pastor's Heart Ministries. Prepare yourself to receive what's going to be a life-changing word. And so if you'll get your Bibles, whatever format you may have it in, and if you'll turn with me to the 20th chapter of the book of Acts. <clears throat> 20th chapter of the book of Acts, and I want to take your attention to verses 22 through 24. Acts chapter 20. Verses 22 through 24 is where we're going to be for today's lesson. Acts 22, I'm sorry, Acts 20, verses 22 to 24. And we're standing as always to read the word of the Lord. That is the practice of this house. And if you have it, would you please say amen? amen. I'm reading from the New King James. It says, and see now... I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But, everybody please say but. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. We'll stop right there. I want to use for a thought from that passage today, the consequences of saying yes. The consequences of saying yes. God bless you. Have your seats in the presence of the Lord. There is a trend and a pattern that exists in the postmodern era church that in most instances after a message has been given to a particular congregation or even if it's a different setting of workshop, seminar, whatever, conference, and we will give what we call an invitation to discipleship. Truth be told, when we offer that invitation, According to the understanding of most believers in this postmodern era, is that in actuality I am coming to join a particular church. Now, we say church, but in the broader scope of that word, in actuality, what we're really referring to, Charles, is we're coming to join a ministry. We're coming to come become a part of the ministry because the church is not local. The church is universal because there are many people who belong to the broader church who you may never ever get an opportunity to meet or to know. However, yet they are still a part of God's church. So we come and we join allegiance with this particular ministry. Now, many people, they'll come into a setting such as what we've had uh, here today, which was just supercharged with the presence of God. And of course, at the same time, very emotional. And then the message will go forth. And then once the message goes forth, and again, that invitation is given, there'll be some people who will sit there and they will eventually be touched some way and they'll get up and next thing you know, they're at the front of the church. And then after they have opportunity to talk to someone about that experience, they're talking about how it was that they were just sitting there and the next thing they know, it was at the front of the church. And don't even realize how in the world did I get there? 
but just knew that something carried me to the front of the church. And I came because I just felt the tug. I felt the pull on my heart, that there was a conviction that took place at that time. And I needed to make sure that I came to be a part of what it is that they're doing and this particular ministry. So they come and they put their name on the roll. But if in fact, at that particular time, there was no real conviction of conversion that took place at the time when that individual decided to join allegiance with that ministry, sometimes they falter and they fail and they fall by the wayside and they don't stay. All because of the fact that when they became a part of that ministry, they did not truly realize exactly what they were getting themselves into. In fact, most people understand, again, that they've come to join a church in their mind, but what's this, but also there are a couple of things that also other factors that are at work at the same time, because the other factors that are at work are that praise and worship ministry, or that choir that sang, or the charisma of the preacher on that particular day. And people are drawn to those elements, and once being drawn to those things, they look at that as being the staying power for them to remain in that ministry. So that if in fact, that praise and worship ministry does not operate consistently the way that I experienced it that day, I may not have what I need to sustain me in that ministry. Uh-oh. Or if, in fact, that pastor is not continually and consistently giving me what I feel that I want, then I may not be able to stay there also because of the fact that I'm just not, what's this now, not getting what I really expected. Are y'all here? So, as a result, now the church then becomes this transient place where people are coming in, going out, coming in, going out, because of the fact that they have no staying power because their actual allegiance and loyalty to the ministry that they joined themselves to was not predicated upon them actually coming to Christ. They only came to the church. And the unfortunate, Sandra, is that we have too many people that when they come into God's house, they come, as I said a moment ago, with a certain expectation that they have of certain changes that are going to be made for them, or they just like the life of the place that they've come into, and all that's well and good. But at the end of the day, were you really seeking a dramatic and radical change that would take place in your life and cause you now to not only become a different person, but also also that you would go back and begin to impact and I would say even infect the places where God really wants to send you. So the question becomes, when you say that you are saying yes to the Lord, do you really understand what that yes means? And also the question becomes, what are you saying yes to? Oh, got quiet up in here, didn't it? What happened to all that shouting y'all were doing? Come on now. <laughs> so, your yes, your yes is the portal. Your yes is the gateway now to be able to receive what it is that the Lord wants to do in your life. You are now saying yes to your purpose. You're saying yes to your destiny. You are saying yes to God's assignment on your life. You are saying yes that, Lord, no matter what it is that you have designed and purposed for me before the world began, I am already saying yes right now. In fact, that yes should be perpetual because there should never be a time when the yes that you give God in the initiation of your journey where you change that because of the fact that things may become a little more troublesome than you actually planned. Pastor Rashid was talking about it this morning. Enter in at the straight gate because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads unto life. And that, that Greek word Zoe, it's the Zoe life, the eternal life of God, the covenant life of God. And so now that straight way, it says that word straight in actuality, S-T-R-A-I-T, straight actually means difficult, challenging, hard, adverse. 
Oh my God, y'all quiet. That's what that word means. So when you say yes to the Lord, you're saying, Lord, yes, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how stringent it becomes, no matter how testy it may become, no matter how 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 stressed or pressurized the situation might be in my life sometime I say yes to you right now just do whatever you need to do in me on me through me for me whatever you need to do Lord I'm saying yes to it right now you cannot change your yes once things become a little chaotic you cannot be saying to the Lord Lord I didn't quite mean it that way I mean, Lord, I mean, Lord, I mean, understand, Lord, I, I, mean, I love you and all that, Lord, but, 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 but see, I love you, but man, you can't try me like this. Uh, in fact, Lord, you can't take that from me. Lord, you can't ask me to do that. Lord, you can't ask me to do that that way. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't comply with that. And so you back up. Now, here's the thing, though. We are stutter step people. So in other words, you take a step toward him, looks a little too difficult, step back. In fact, you look like you're dancing. Because there are some of us that you come to the place to where even though you say from your mouth, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of anybody. Lord, do whatever it is you want to do. I'm not afraid. And you say that out of your mouth. However, the conditions and the circumstances and the challenges that arise in your life cause you to do just what I said, to start doing the cha-cha. <laughs> because as soon as the Lord does anything in your life that looks or resembles the fact that it is going to be trouble, that's when many of us back up. Why? Out of fear. Because you are then afraid that somehow or another that God is not going to keep his promise to you. Y'all quiet up in here. See, I was saying to the men even on yesterday, all the men who was here yesterday, y'all know. I was saying yesterday, I said, here's our problem. Uh, is that in the very beginning, what happened is that the devil challenged our thinking. In the very beginning, that's what he challenged. He challenged the thinking, first of all, of Eve. He challenged her thinking because all he said to her was, has God said? And that's exactly where many of us are today. You're at the same place because your problem is the enemy keeps coming to you saying, has God said? Now, you're looking now at the fact that all of your troubles seem to be piling up. They're becoming more comprehensive, piled up sky high. And because they're starting to pile up more and more and more and more, you're now challenging the fact, God, you couldn't have been right. I mean, something's wrong here because when I came to the church, I was expecting that all of a sudden, all my stuff was going to get much easier. But it seemed like ever since I started following you, my stuff started getting harder and harder and harder day by day. What's up with that? That ain't the way I planned this. But see, the problem is, the problem is God didn't want you coming to him with your plan. Because as soon as you said yes, and in fact, some of y'all stood up here and said yes emphatically. Yes, Lord, yes, 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 Lord, yes. And you said yes, and you were screaming and hollering yes. But that was for that moment. And it was only for that moment. And once that moment was over, in fact, some people will emphatically say yes. And then when the team who's supposed to get the information takes them downstairs to get the information, all of a sudden that great big yes became a no. <laughs> because they give false information. Y'all quiet up in here. It's not just Christian people don't do that. Yes, they do, man. They'll lie, they'll lie right in God's house and give false information because of the fact that they really didn't mean what they said when they were in the moment. I wonder how many of us, I mean no harm, no disrespect to any of you, but I wonder how many of us in here got saved in the moment. And so the reality is this here is that, man, we was great while we were in the moment. But understand this, salvation is on the entry level. Amen. Amen. 
Salvation opens the door. Salvation gets you in. But then after salvation, there's a process. And the process is called sanctification. And in order for you to become like Christ, you have to become sanctified. And guess what? That's not a denomination. That's not a certain kind of church. Every child of God is supposed to be sanctified. Set apart for the, for the use of God. That's what sanctified means. But again, and the only reason why is because some of us are in that place is because you never ever really fully identified what yes meant to you. See, when you fully say yes, you don't show up to church just once a month. <laughs> when you say when you say yes, TD Jakes is not your pastor at home. Or Creflo, or Joel Osteen, whoever you prefer to listen to, Paula White and them. That that's that's not your pastor. And you don't tithe to them. Oh Jesus. When your yes really means yes. Are you understanding me? Because understand this now, I'm, I'm not going to take long, but understand this now. When you say yes, you now embark upon a journey. And the journey that you're going to go on is one that only God knows exactly where you and I are headed. Only God knows exactly what he has prescribed, preordained for every one of us. Remember, before the world began, because every one of us was chosen in him before the world began. Well, I know it's so much scripture, but let's just go to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. You can write that down. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, uh, he says to Jeremiah, he said, look, Jeremiah, he said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. So what's this? So what's this? So what does that say, Charlotte? What it says is that as soon as God thought of us, we existed. As soon as God knew that there was a problem that he needed to solve on planet Earth, and he thought of you because he put the goods inside you, the gifting and the anointing inside of you, the skills that were necessary in order to fulfill his divine assignment in the Earth realm, and then at the proper time, he made sure that your father and your mother met one another, and then he deposited you in your mother's womb, and then you were birthed into the Earth realm, and then that's actually when your journey began. The problem is that many of us don't find Christ in time enough to actually fulfill your assignment. It's quiet up in here. Yeah, because a whole lot of us, you don't have a clue even right now as to exactly what the assignment is supposed to be. What problem were you sent into the earth realm to accomplish? What are you supposed to solve? And trust me, everything you stand in need of in order to make that problem go away has already been deposited in your being. As soon as the spirit of the living God came into your life, that deposit was made. And now he sits there inside of you. And the problem is that many of you are exhausted. There are some of you that are aggravated and irritated with life all because of the fact that you have no idea as to what problem you're supposed to solve. And that's the reason why you're always all over the place in this place, in that place, in this ministry, in that ministry, this church, that church, not ever knowing or fulfilling what it is that God has sent you to do because you just don't know. I know y'all said, shut up. <laughs> so the problem is, problem is, the condition of the world has nothing to do with the world. I hope y'all hear what I'm saying to you. I said, the condition of the world has absolutely nothing to do with the secular world. It has everything to do with you and me. I, I know I know I told you Acts, but but can can I take you to another passage real quick? Go, go to First John chapter five. Go to First John chapter five. I, I promise I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to this other passage, and then I'm gonna let y'all go. First John chapter five. I need y'all to go there. First John chapter five, and um, uh, and and let's look at um, 
Let's look at what I want to look at here. Um, in verse number, let's start at one. Whoever believes that Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are what? His commandments are not burdensome. So therefore, children of God, let me get that in your spirit. There are some of you that think that by following the plan of God, that somehow or another, that this is just taxing, it is overwhelming, it's consuming. But hey, guess what? It's supposed to be consuming because he's an all-consuming. Now, the problem is this here. He's an all-consuming fire. Your problem is you won't let yourself become wood. How is the Lord going to actually begin to do an even greater work in your life if, in fact, you won't allow yourself to get out of the way? Y'all, come on, come on, church. Come on, church. Listen, you got to get out of his way. Let God do what it is that he knows he needs to do in your life. Okay? Now, 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 now let's, go, let's go over here to, to 1 John 4. I, I, I need to give you something in there. And 1 John 4 says, verse 2, By this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is what? Is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is what? And this is the spirit of what? Of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming, and is what? Now already what? In the world. Now here come. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. So once you accept Christ, you are now what? Of God. You're now of God, and you have overcome them. So there is no element of attack that will come against any child of God that you cannot handle on your own. In fact, let me say this to you. The anointing attracts attack. If you are anointed, you better expect an attack. Oh, I'm trying to get to where I need to go. So, so therefore, children of God, some of you are sometimes wondering, why is it that it seems like you're always going through some stuff? Watch this. Stop trying to pray it off you. They don't want to hear me, Rashid. I need to talk to you then, man. I'm going to say it. Stop trying to pray it off you. Because guess what? You're schizophrenic in your prayers. Let me show you why. Because on one hand, you're saying, Lord, I want to know you better. And then when the things start happening that is going to help you and assist you in getting to know him better, now you're asking God to take it away. Which one is it? Do you really want to know him? Or is that just another one of your maybes? Okay, let me go on. Let me go on. Okay, verse number four. Let's go. We're still in verse four, right? It says, you overcome them because he who is in you, what? Is greater, what? Than he who's in the world. So if that be the case, then understand this, that no matter, Luke, no matter what level of attack comes in your life, stop saying you can't handle it. I can't deal with this. There's no such thing as you can't deal with it. The word says, greater is he. What? That's in you. That he is in the world. So there is no, there is no tactic that the enemy can ever throw at you that should catch you so by surprise that you cannot retaliate. If you have that level of understanding. If you have that level of revelation, if that amount of illumination and light is in your life, then there is nothing you cannot deal with. Now, here's our, here's our situation, Paulette. Our situation is that we are fighting an enemy who has 6,000 years of experience. He has 6,000 years of experience, and that's who you're fighting against. But think about this here, though. He has 6,000 years of experience, but the spirit who lives in you. The spirit who lives in you is eternal. And because that spirit who lives in you is eternal, there's nothing the enemy can throw at you that you can't deal with. You ought to give somebody a high five right now and tell them, appreciate your greatness. Appreciate your greatness. Now watch this. Now watch this. 
Now watch this. Now watch this. He, ooh, he, here's the one I love though. Rashid, here's the one. They are of the world. They are of the world. Listen, they are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. Stop thinking that the Supreme Court is going to pass laws that got something to do with the Bible. They are of the world, and the world hears them. They are not of the kingdom of God. They don't know nothing about the word of God, and that's the reason why they operate the way that they do. Stop looking at them to make changes according to the Bible. It ain't going to happen. It's the Bible. It's the word of God. Are y'all hearing me? So they are of the world. Oh, my God. Um, watch this. We are of God. Look how it flips the script. We are what? Of God. He who knows God, what? He hears us. He who is not of God, what? He don't hear us. They ain't listening, y'all. Stop thinking that them people in the world are going to change because you start quoting scripture. And watch this, and stop, watch this, and stop thinking that we can have a bunch of revival meetings over here in our church, and we have revival meetings all across Philadelphia, and because we have all those uh, revival meetings, that somehow or another, we're going to bombard Satan's throne, bombard Satan's kingdom, and all of a sudden, everything's going to be wiped out. We're going to be in control again. Not so. Because the devil ain't got no problem. Have all the revivals y'all want. Stay over there in the church. Y'all quiet up in here. Stay over there in the church while I handle family, education, government, media, arts and entertainment, business. I'm going to deal with all that stuff while y'all shouting in church. The devil is saying, keep on shouting. Keep on doing what y'all doing because you're having no impact. You're having no effect. But we happy doing what we doing. We love it. Leave church. Hey, we had us a good time today, didn't we? Praise the Lord for your good time. And then you'll leave out of the building and have no impact on nobody. So, here's the Apostle Paul. Let me get to what I got to talk about. Lord Jesus. Am I helping y'all? So, so Paul, and remember this is written by Luke. It's written by his brother, Luke. Paul didn't write this. It's about Paul, but Luke wrote it. Oh, I see a lot of y'all looking at me cross-eyed. Say what? Yeah, that's right. Luke wrote this. He wrote the book of Acts. Paul did not write it. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I just gave a lesson to a whole bunch of folk. So, Paul now, having already talked to the elders who are around him in chapter 19, and he's already told them, he said, look, I'm going through Macedonia, I gotta go through Achaia, and then he says, I need to end up in Jerusalem, and then ultimately I gotta go to Rome. Now, he needs to go to Jerusalem because he wants to be there in a chapter uh, 19, end of chapter 19. He said, I wanna be there by the time Passover takes place. So he was on his way for a celebration is the reason why Paul wants to get to Jerusalem. But now he says something very curious in verse 22. He says, and see now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. So the spirit right there, Alvin, is a small letter, small s, not a big s, small s. So the small s pastor means my spirit. So guess what? If in fact, Wanda, if we're going to really be allegiant to almighty God, we have to come to the point to where there's a certain determination. There's, watch this. There's an undisputed discipline that is in our life that we're going to stick to this no matter what it costs me. Come on now. See, 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 understand this. The same as you sometimes push yourself to get up and go to work. You're going to get up and go to that job even sometimes you're sick got a bag full of pills 
Y'all quiet up in here. Pain racking your body. But because of the fact that you connect value to the place where you're going is the reason why you get up and go anyway. Could it be then that the reason why you don't show up on holy ground as often as you should is because there's no value connected to it? But this passage says, I go bound in the spirit. Paul is saying, this is something that I am in bondage to. I got to do this no matter what. And watch this. And when the Lord gives you a particular assignment, you can't find yourself being negligent and making sure that you carry it out to its fullest extent. No matter what you have to do, no matter where you have to go, because here's the reality, is that once you say yes to God, never forget, you don't know where your yes is going to take you. I had no idea, Leo, that 32 years ago, when I said yes to God, that I would end up in Nigeria. Had no idea that it would carry me to India. Had no idea it would carry me to New Zealand and Australia. Had no idea that it would carry me to France. Had no idea that it would carry me to Germany and Italy. Had no idea that's where I was going. I just thought I was saying yes to Freedom Christian Bible Fellowship. I'm sorry, at that time, Freedom Baptist Church. And I was comfortable with just coming to church on Sunday and standing up in the chair and man, oh no, mm-hmm, yeah, one day the big bang was gonna turn his eye on her. I was comfortable, man. Had no problem with that. But then the Lord said, come out of Baptist. And I'm saying, Lord, you got to be kidding. What them people going to say? And then after he said, come out of Baptist, then I go to a meeting down in the Bahamas with Miles Monroe, bless his life. And I go down there and now I end up speaking in tongues. I'm saying to myself on the, on the ride back home on the plane, I'm saying, Lord, I can't tell these folk that I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. These is Baptist folk, man. They don't want to hear that. So when you say yes to God, you better be certain that you really want to say yes. Because the one thing that I can guarantee you is that that yes is sometimes going to be filled with peril. It's going to be filled with consternation. It's going to be filled with lonely days and hours and weeks and months because there's going to be a whole lot of people that can't gravitate to where you are. And watch this, Daryl, and they don't care how anointed you say you are. If it, watch this, because we live in a society now, even in God's house, that if it don't make sense, I can't follow it. When did God start making sense? He says, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, he says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts, not your thoughts. Then in Romans chapter 11, verse 33, it says there, his ways are past finding out. So if that's where God is, why do you sit somewhere blowing all the circuits in your brain trying to figure God out? Just say yes. Ooh, wee. But he says, I go bound, what? In the spirit, and I'm going what? To Jerusalem. So, when God gives you and I, Denise, when he gives us an assignment, he tells you where he's going or where you're going. He tells you what he wants you to do. And as a man of God, what you have to understand is that God gives you a specific assignment to a specific people with a specific message. Now, here's something else for a lot of us in here who are frustrated preachers. (laughs) See, the problem is with your frustration is that for many of you, you have yet to really delineate exactly what your message is. 
The Lord sent me here. The Lord told me to go and preach. Okay, he told you to preach. But the question is, what did he tell you to say? And uh, who did he tell you to say it to? When God sent Jonah, he said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. And then watch this here. And once you define what the message is, you also got to be at a place that now if they tell you to preach it every time you stand up, you got to be comfortable with that. See, we live in an environment where now the church, people in the church, have so, have so boxed preachers in that every time you stand up, you better have something different to say. Even though the church of Thessalonica, they said to Paul, said, hey, Paul, said a message you preached last week, preach the same message, man. We want to hear that some more. But the people today, you better come fresh every week. Because if you ain't fresh every week, man, they got a problem with you. Oh, I guess he wasn't studying this week. He must have a relationship with God. He keep on saying the same thing. Well, then some of y'all would have had a real problem with Noah. Oh, amen. Because every Sabbath, Noah was preaching the same message. Hey, y'all, it's going to rain. And he preached the same message for 120 years. And guess what? And the people didn't listen then either. Y'all quiet. Yeah, that's right. The people didn't listen then either. Just like, watch this. We can preach something fresh and you still ain't listening. I wonder how many of us that even though a man of God can be used by the Lord, a woman of God can be used by God and give a message that you said on the day you received it, that was just for me. And then leave out of the building and repeat the same mistakes. Pastor told y'all was going to be an apostolic word, didn't he? Y'all quiet on the bishop today. Am I talking to y'all? Oh, okay, 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 okay. So he says, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. So we don't know always what's going to go on. Verse 23, let me hurry up. It says, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. David, Tomah, Please understand that no matter what you do, no matter how nice you try to be to people sometimes, no matter how accommodating you try to be to people sometimes, I don't care what happens, you're going to find some trouble. Because there are going to be some people who are going to be testy and who are going to be uh, irritating just because they can. There are some people that no matter what, they will try to set a trap for you in the house of God. Because you know what I found out? Everything that walked through the door ain't anointed. Everything that walked through the door is not holy. But I learned something, Pastor Rashid, I learned this, and this is something that an old, old preacher taught me when I first got started. And I want all of you, and especially those of you who are aspiring preachers, keep this in your heart and your mind. He told me this, and I thought, it was, I had a problem with it when he first said it, then I had to contemplate it, and then it came, it became a reality. He said that if, in fact, there's no trouble in the church, he said, start some. I said, man, get out my face. What you mean start some trouble? He said, I'm telling you again. If there's no trouble, he said, start some trouble. I said, well, why should I do that? He said, for two reasons. He said, first of all, it keeps you humble. And then secondly, he said, it keeps you praying. So therefore, I'm saying to all of us in here, not just those who are aspiring preachers, but to all of us in here, trouble is a necessity. If you are going to grow in grace, if you're going to grow in Christ, you and I need trouble. Oh, let me show you why. Romans chapter 5, look what it says. Tribulation causes patience. 
And patience what? Experience. And experience what? Hope. So, we end up at hope. But where do we start? Trouble. You can't get to hope except you go through the processing of trouble. And dependent upon the message and the assignment that God has given you is also going to determine the level and also the severity of your trouble. If you got something great to do, if you got a great message for God, then you can best believe you're going to be going through stuff like never before. And please know that the trouble that will come will in many instances be painful and it'll be long suffering. Are y'all hearing me? Because you know what? Let me tell you something. And I've heard other preachers say this and I had a little conversations. This is the problem. Here's the problem. Know what has to happen? Preachers. All y'all preachers. Let me tell you something. Know what the problem is? You have to get some blood on your message. Yeah, let me say this to some of y'all over here because they didn't get that too well. <laughs> I'm going to say it to all of y'all over here. You got to be able to get some blood on your message. Stop thinking that you can just get up and bowl people over with a whole bunch of hyperbole stuff that you've been getting out of books and gleaning out of books. All that stuff is wonderful. But what's this? But beyond your books, the people need to see if there's some blood on that message. What have you been through to get to where it is that you say you are? That stuff takes processing. Hallelujah. Because before Jesus went to the cross, he was sweating blood. Ooh-wee. And so, child of God, you got to get to that place to where you can be like Paul. Watch this, next verse, 24, I'm just about finished. But none of these things move me. So you cannot allow yourself to become less than passionate about the assignment. That just because of the fact that there's a lot of trouble going on, don't you dare lose your passion. Because that's what's really important in this. If you're going to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ, you must be passionate about it. You must be diligent about it. And you can't let what people do or say cause you to lose your passion. Oh, yeah. See, because let me tell you something. And I learned this along the way through 30 years of pastoring people. You know what I learned? And that is this, is that the trouble that comes is not going to come from the outside. <laughs> it's going to be the people you serve they're going to be the ones that's going to hurt you the most y'all better come on up in here they will malign you man they'll be malicious intense and watch this here and them same folk will have a Judas spirit because they'll come and they'll hug you kiss you tell you that you're the best thing since sliced bread and then walk away from you and stab you all up in your back. But watch this, but watch this, but here's the thing, Tomar, David, all the rest of you in here say y'all preachers, watch this here, here's the thing, that no matter what they do, you gotta march back to that pulpit once again and minister to them as if nothing ever happened, as if they never said a word. And you have to love on them folks anyhow. Are y'all hearing me? The same example that Jesus set. They tried to throw him off a cliff. They had him headlong, getting ready to throw him off a cliff. And the Bible says he slipped out of their presence. They said, he. And when they said, ho, oh, he was gone. But the very next day, he came back to the same place, ministering to the same people, watch this, without malice. See, let me tell you something, y'all. Just because of the fact that people do you wrong, you can't do wrong to them. 
Because you have got to make sure that your message is still dripping with love. Because that's the only thing that's going to ever overcome evil. That's the only thing that's going to ever overcome the flesh. Is that you have to, listen, you have to give people love. Watch this. And you got to love on folks even when you don't want to. Watch this. Even when you know they the people that hurt you. And you got to love on them anyway. Watch this. Jesus let Judas kiss him. And called him friend. Are y'all still here? Let's, let's finish this. Let's finish this. Let's finish this. So he said, none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life dear to myself. So that I may finish my race with what? With joy. With joy. He said, I must finish my course with joy. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. You can never think about trying to so protect yourself from the enemy that you're afraid to say what God tells you to say because you're afraid of what people may do. You got to do what God tells you to do despite the fact that folks may very well have an intention to kill you. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you all this. I went... I preached a funeral some years ago for a young man. He was 19 years old, drug dealer. One of the biggest drug dealers out here in West Philadelphia. They asked me to come and preach the funeral. I went there, I preached the funeral, and during the course of the funeral, I looked the rest of them in their face and I told them, I said, you know what? I said, the reason why he's laying here right now is because of y'all. I said, if in fact, if you had not bought his junk, he wouldn't be laying there right now. I said, you ain't had no thought about this man. I said, and that's the reason why he's dead now. Because y'all say you loved him, but you loved him enough to see him be dead. So, when I walked up out of there, Leon, when I walked up out of there, I'm on my way to my car. And on my way to my car, about seven, eight guys surrounded me. And I heard one guy from behind me say, no problem, man, look here. Go ahead on. You hit him first and then we'll all jump him. And so I stood there and I said, yeah. I said, so what's the problem? They said, you ain't said nothing good about our boy. I said, wasn't nothing good to say. <laughs> I did not allow the fact that I was surrounded by men who wanted to hurt me. I stood for the truth. And I, because I stood for the truth, another woman walked up who knew all of them. And walked up on them and said, what are you doing? Get away from this man of God. Leave him alone. And thank God, they all walked away. They all walked away. However, I was prepared. Now, I want y'all to hear me now. Vito. <laughs> I want y'all to know now, Gilbert was getting ready to stand up. Because I was getting ready to put my briefcase down. And I thought in my mind, I said, at least if I could take one of them out with me. But in the midst of that, God protected me. Because the angel of the Lord went in camp round about those that fear him. So therefore, don't count your life dear unto yourself. Be ready to stand for Christ no matter what anybody else says or does. And then he says, to close out, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Don't ever let your message be a message that does not have grace connected to it. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Make sure that your message has grace connected to it because the truth be told, all of us need grace. We need grace on a daily basis, man. Because the truth be told, every one of us in here has a defect. Every last one of us has a limp. 
But you know what I found out though, Lucy? What I found out is that God can still use people mightily who have a defect. Don't matter how jacked up you might be. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? God can still use you. There's still worth in your life. There's still value in your life. You just got to be able to see yourself the way God sees you. Because when God looks down from glory upon you, he don't see the mess you made. He sees the miracle that he's making. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Because of the veil of the blood of Jesus, he sees you as holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. That's how the Lord sees you and I right now. So always make sure that grace is connected to it. Because even when Paul wanted to see the Lord take affliction off of his body, Jesus came back saying, my grace is sufficient for you. So please remember that all the things that I've delineated so far are nothing more than the consequences of saying yes. If you're going to say yes, David, you're going to say yes tomorrow, and any of the rest of you in here that's going to say yes to God, you better know exactly what you're getting yourself into. Because I guarantee you, you could play John. Because I'm telling you, this life is filled and riddled with all sorts of complications. There are going to be some days you wake up and you'll be shaking your head. Say, what in the world did I get myself into? What did I do? By saying yes to the Lord. That here I am in a place to where I should never have to be going through what I'm going through right now. I've been walking with you, Lord, for 20 years. And you mean to tell me I got to go through this in your mind again? But understand this, y'all. What's going to happen is that every time you go through something, you're going to go through it in another dimension. Because what the word was for you at this level is not going to be the same when you move up to the next place. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Every time the Lord does something new and different, I should say, in your life, please know that he's going to have a greater demand on you. Whatever the Lord has given you to do, please know that he's only making a demand on what he knows he deposited in you. And let me say this too as we get ready to pray. Please know this. You can't run from it. Listen, let me say something. Listen, Daryl, we don't choose the call. The call chooses us. Let me say it to you again. We don't choose the call. What happens? Call chooses us. Jesus even said it in John 15. He said, you didn't choose me. What? He said, I chose you. You've been chosen by God. And Lord, I also learned, Benet, the chosen have no choice. You have no choice. Once you said yes, God takes that to be your truth. He takes that to be your reality. That you said yes. And so stop questioning God. Now, let me say this to you real quick, because I know some of you looked at me real puzzled. I didn't say don't ask God a question. I said stop questioning God. In other words, Lord, why you let this happen to me? No. Hey, it has to happen. And if you have an understanding of your assignment, then you will know why certain things happen the way they do. Are you hearing me? The only reason why some of y'all are so aggravated right now, you know why? Is because you're resistant to what he wants you to do. You're trying to pull away from the very thing that you said you wanted from God. Now, let me say this too, because this is so important. Understand this, brothers, and everybody else in here, ladies, whoever you carry the gospel, you want to carry the gospel, don't carry this word because you're looking to get paid. This ain't about money. Hallelujah. Y'all better hear what I just said. But let me tell you something. Know what I've learned now? The old I've learned this. After 32 years, I have no doubts 
God will take care of you. I know it. I know it. Because for 32 years now, I have not worked a regular job. I bless his name that for 32 years, I haven't had to report to an 8 to 4, 9 to 5, 7 to 3, 11 to 7. Now, am I saying that there's been some days when it was a little lean? Yes, absolutely. However, on the other side of that, God always made sure that there was a boiled egg, a piece of bread, there was some jelly and some peanut butter. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That there was a hot dog, there was some grits, there was some Cheerios, some Frosted Flakes, some Captain Crunch. I had something in the refrigerator and to make sure that we were always able to eat, the light stayed on, the gas stayed on, the water stayed on. I never had my phones turned off. You ought to hear what I'm saying to you. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God is able. He's able. Oh, yes, he is. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ever ask or think. But it's according to the power that works in you. I know what he'll do. I'm confident in what he'll do. And I've achieved, I thank the Lord to say, I've achieved what you need today. Hebrew boy's faith. That even if he doesn't, I still know that he's able. And the man of God said it this morning. Can you live with that? See, let me say this to you too. Let me tell you, let me say this to you. David Toma, let me give this, let me tell you. There's going to be those times when you got to be willing to be the example of the very word you preach. People need to be able to see the word demonstrated by you. And you can't tell them to have faith and you don't have none. You can't tell them to hang in there and you're not willing to. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You got to be willing to forgive even though everybody else gets a pass. Oh, wow. Huh? Got to love on folks even though they malign you. You know that they said all kind of nasty stuff about you and you still got to love on them anyway. Because watch this, because whatever it is that God wants to do in you, watch this, in you has nothing to do with the other person. Amen. Do you hear what I said? Please make sure you get that in your spirit because this is what the Lord wants for you and that's the consequences of saying yes. Give God praise right there, I'm done. You've been listening to Straight from the Pastor's Hearts Ministries. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And especially for that man or for that woman out there who does not know the Lord Jesus today, please know that it's a very, very simple process. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to jump up and down or anything like that. All that the Lord is looking for you to do is one simple thing. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised it from the dead. You shall be saved. Please know it's just that simple. You don't have to do anything else. But more than anything, make sure that you listen back into us once again. Don't you dare miss it. We'll have some vital information for you once again to help you continue this great journey along with the Lord Jesus Christ. Love you all now. God bless.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 